welcome to another new game plus back at you again with another genre recommendation this time we're looking at point and clicks what are they how do they work what are we pointing at (laughs) well let me tell you (laughs) so point and clicks you know, it's it's fascinating because I think what we're going to hit here with the point-and-click genre is that they are very much no longer in vogue, right? These were games that I would say kind of really hit their stride with um, computers and the 80s and 90s, and I'd argue maybe even the 90s was kind of the heyday of the point-and-click. And oftentimes they're trying to tell these kind of larger stories than I think was kind of possible um with the hardware of the time right like you know point and click some of them maybe want to be adventure games and i'd say that even today we've sort of moved away from traditionally just pointing and clicking like there's a lot more you can move your character now whereas i think initially when they came out the the idea of being able to freely move your character um just wasn't as doable right but you can point click move the character around in kind of these nice animations that are a little more held together and then you know you pick up items and you get to solve these kind of larger puzzles um, with them and so when i think of a point click i very much think of that you have a protagonist that you're moving around that could interact with uh items within their environment to solve puzzles and usually there's some kind of compelling interesting story within it but often the puzzles are obtuse and odd. <laughs> yeah, and I think often they are characterized by the limitations of the time they came out, which I think yeah. is an important thing to remember. So um, puzzle solving that involves combining items, in essence, off screen, um, mm-hmm. single screen environments. And then when you move, it's just a fresh screen that loads. So no scrolling, um, a lot of sort of dialogue heavy situations. Um, there are definitely newer ones that come out, but as you say, it's a niche mm-hmm. and it, it, it's not a mainstream thing in the way that it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. And that is a, a big factor in there. Um, we did allude to it in a previous New Game Plus when we were talking about Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Um, for me, I think the puzzles happening away from the main screen um a focus on combining items oftentimes so like inventory management finding things in one place and taking them and moving them to another place um and a heavy heavy narrative focus are the the three things i was looking for when i was picking um these games i think there are a couple that i nearly picked that probably fall more into either the very loosey-goosey adventure Mm -hmm. category um, so an example is a phenomenal game that I played recently called Sumire. Um, yeah. It's close, but it, it isn't really a point and click. Um, and and see, that's like, even when you mention that, that I think hits at what I'm talking about, where it's like the shift That's in where those ability. kind of games have gone. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course yeah. It is. It's very much the legacy of the point and click is this. And even I think the Telltale games, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit, are very much, yes, I would are. say, the legacy of point and clicks, right? But they kind of are point and clicks. I, I think I'll, I'll probably start with mine and I'll certainly get to that. But the other one is walking sims. Because if you want to tell a, a narrative thing, um, it gives you a lot, much more freedom to sort of show things in the environment. Um, there's not so much of an expectation that there, there needs to be gameplay or a certain amount of length. So those things free up. Um, also, it's pretty easy to throw a walking sim together in something like Unity, like a first person game mm-hmm. or Unreal Engine. And I think 
where the tools are versus where they were is definitely a big factor in that as well. Um, is there anything you want to say on any of that, Paolo, before I jump into my first pick and Telltale games, I suppose? Well, besides what's already been said, um, for me, like a point that Greek has, well, finding clicking, but you either have a protagonist or it's like more in a first person perspective, but hmm. that could be like in a 3D or 2D environment, a little bit like the hidden object games where you have to like, where they're like point and clicky, but the puzzles are more like in the screen rather than in your inventory. Mm. So yeah. I do have uh, like a, a couple of point and clicks that are, are a little bit like that or like in between. Mm. Mm. Um, also, the usual caveat applies. This is only games that we've played. <laughs> so um, I, I know Kentucky Route Zero often comes up as like a modern point and click that's worth talking about i don't think any of us have played that no unless I... i've missed it. it's on my list it same and I, I own a copy but it, it's just it, that that's a big beast of a game to get into and one that probably deserves time to sort of pass it but usual caveat if we haven't played it it's not going to make this list doesn't mean you should cry um <laughs> <laughs> games and and my first pick or picks yeah. so these are our intro games um to, to bring someone into the genre uh, for people who've not got any experience. Uh, the two games I've picked for this are games that are very narratively focused with some light puzzle solving. It's almost like a, a path in. They're also both quite short. Um, so the first of those, briefly, uh, is Subsurface Circular and Quarantine Circular. Um, the, the games by Tom Biffle, they're very sort of focused on narrative puzzle solving, um, understanding relationships between different characters and um manipulating conversations in those directions uh the puzzle is in that dialogue almost entirely rather than um anywhere within invent or anything like that but unlike a visual novel um there is a great degree of autonomy in terms of bouncing around locations between people um the the pacing of the game the feel of the game is very very different um and they're, they're really compelling stories and the kind of thing that i would show someone who let's say um, is big on action games and wants to um, or you would like to sort of open their eyes to what games can be beyond just shooty bangy slash um, the other game I've picked and this is what we alluded to Alex when we talked about Telltale is The Wolf Among Us aka the best Telltale game to date um, based on the yeah, Fables series of comic books which um, I read the whole series off the back of this game because I loved it and the world so much um, it's a really well written prequel um, with engaging characters, um, some light QTEs and puzzle solving bits. Um, but the main focus is the story and again, the relationships between the characters. But I like it as a, an accessible entry point into uh, the genre and, and, and narrative storytelling more generally. But you're absolutely right when you say, Alex, that there is a, an argument as to whether these really count as points and clicks at all because there's not a lot of pointing and clicking. It's mostly navigation, in fairness. But there is, I would posit, enough in finding clues in the environment, um, clicking points of interest on the map, um, dialogue choices in that sense. I think it's, it, it's a soft choice, but it absolutely is valid. Yeah, and I mean, when I think about games like Telltale and Wolf Among Us, I think you're right that like they're, they have lineage of point and clicks. They're mm. definitely, I think, more 
visual novel almost like they're they're like a blend of the two you know like it feels like they had sure. a point and click and the visual novel because of the choice element i think that's where like really it's like it's all about your choices and less about puzzles um but i see what you're saying like because like, like the idea of point and click i think um has become a bit obsolete as we've lost uh as technical limitations have kind of freed up and so again but I also think that's why it's fun to have these genres and these definitions because then we can kind of hmm. see those influences, right? Where it's like, yeah, Wolf Among Us. Oh yeah, it has that point and click element of like moving around your environment, discovering things, interacting with individuals. Um, and then it has, you know, it's taken some from the visual novels in terms of your choices matter and that's going to change your narrative. And oh, interesting, right? And so like, I think it's kind of, they're kind of a beautiful blend of them. I still have a fondness for The Walking Dead one just because, you know, it was the first one and it was so, so well done. But I do think The Wolf Among Us is the only one I think I've replayed. Um, well, actually, I probably replayed the Walking Dead ones before, but Wild Among Us is incredible, and I can't wait for the. I really hope the second one is going to be good. Um, oh God, me too. I I agree. I think the Walking Dead holds a special place in my memory because of the place and time, and because it was novel. But I I do think if you take them out of um, chronology, the Wolf Among Us is the stronger game. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that is my pick. Um, Alex, you have also actually we've we've all cheated and put two for each of the intro. Well, intro yeah. is interesting because for me it's like intro for someone who's never played a game or intro for people who have played some, you know? And so like for never, Bears Restaurant, hundred percent. So sure. freaking simple. It's just literally, it's literally point click. There's the tiniest of puzzles. <laughs> um, and it's mostly narrative. And so for me, I'm just like, well, if you've never really played any, I actually think it's right on your phone, it's free. It's got a cute little endearing um, narrative, but it also gets you to understand a little bit how point and clicks work. Oh, I have to press here for the character to move. Oh, okay, I have to click on things and have to bring them places. Gotcha. So for me, that's an excellent start. Then Mist, hmm. which is fascinating for me because I would actually recommend the new Mist that was made, um, the one that was for the quest, but then now has the console one that I ended up playing. Um, because like you said, that was originally a point and click, but it has now morphed into you're in the body of an individual, right? And like you're it's essentially a walking around. sim now. Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah. Exactly. A walking sim where you're solving puzzles. And so that's, I think it's an interesting way in how it's shifted. Like I could argue maybe the original Mist is good to try, but I haven't done that. So I don't know. Um, but this first one really got me into the, into the concept of Mist and into that world. And so I'd really recommend it. It's gorgeous. And the puzzles, I just think they're a little more streamlined maybe. Like I didn't find myself needing to um look outside of the game very often like i felt like i was able to figure it out on my own which was awesome a great experience in a puzzle a puzzle mm. game because really point and clicks are they're puzzle games right but of a different variety <laughs> so um yeah. yeah that's that's what i would go with those are the two that i'd pick i'm not gonna wax lyrical about miss too long because it is one of the oldest <laughs> games out there but it, it there's a reason it's stuck around and it's being remade so much because it's good shit and it got a lot of people into games <laughs> Um, Paolo, what about you? What do you got here? Well, I have two picks as well. The first one being when the bus was around. And this one is a little bit more of a stretch, I guess, because of hmm. there isn't as much like item manipulation like outside of a screen, but there is like many you still have to like carry an an item you find from A to B to hmm. be, to pretty much like get to the actual puzzle or unlock something else. The there is a story, uh, kind of like bittersweet story in the game. But overall, like the game is like very like on the easier side. 
the other one that I would recommend is the librarian. And this one is more traditional point and click. And also it's a very short game. And there's there there's like an overall mystery, but the story isn't like too heavy. Like there's a lot like up for interpretation in a way. Which though to be fair, there's it happens a lot in some of the games that the the story is kind of like there or is very confusing or like you you're not sure what what is really going on anymore but yeah those are like my two picks both very accessible i think they're like at the very least when the bus was around is available on switch pc and i don't know if it's on the other consoles the librarian, I think, is I think it's only available available on PC and it is on Steam and Itchio. Hmm. Nice. Well, why don't we move on then to foundational games for people with some experience? I'm gonna jump in quick here because I've picked one that I think is hopefully obvious: The Secret of Monkey Island. I mean, I'm talking the one that kind of got remade and redone. Um, this is the one that I played this on the 360. They've done it a lot of times, but it's 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 so goddamn good. It's just so good. The cool thing with that port, it's one of those where at the touch of a button you can switch between the old and new graphics. Right. And I love that shit. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, there there are a fair number of unintuitive puzzles, but they're pretty funny. And there's so it's such a well-loved game that you can find a walkthrough very easily. So if you get stuck, it's okay. You'll only be stuck for a few minutes. Um just consult. Mm-hmm yield internet and you'll be all right and like the concept is hilarious the art is beautiful the music's wonderful the voice acting's superb it's just excellently done um and they've made a lot more ones like i know there's like a 3d one and i think i tried playing that before and i think they're they're fairly good and okay but again point and clicks have had a hard time i think transitioning in this kind of new era um when they try to stick to their more traditional elements i think it's just doesn't always work so great, but this is an example of one where it's still really fun to go back and visit it because it's just so sturdily made and um, so imaginative that you're just going to have a really good time with it. So highly, highly recommend uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Good old guy through it. <laughs> mm. Oh, mind uh, if I jump into yeah, yeah, my go ahead. next choice? Um. So for me, it would be Samsara Room, and this is one of the Rusty, one of the Rusty Lake series. And <laughs> the it is a very trippy experience, but at the same time, like I when I was playing it, uh, there were points like I I felt like my brain was really working hard to try to solve some of the puzzles or try to get to the like i want to say logic but the logic is is kind of twisted up on this game so i guess like trying to understand that twisted logic that is sort of out of the box compared to the other point and click games on this list mm-hmm. the the puzzle design is great there, there's some very interested very interesting thought process that you have to make to arrive to some of the solutions. 
And to be honest, I am very interested in the thought process behind the making of this game. So I may research on that later. But yeah, that's that's something I really. Oh, and I think this is like the only choice of my for for my choices that is like first person instead of the classical. You have a character and that moves across the screen for hmm. from me at least. So Rick. Yeah, so um, I have again been cheeky and picked two, but they do kind of blend and they also sort of pair a little bit with what Alex went on, and they are uh, classic LucasArts hey. era point and clicks, um, specifically Beneath a Steel Sky um, and Broken Sword, the director's cut edition, which was probably my first proper point and click and what, what got me interested in some of the others. Um, I could have just as easily put both of these in the intro. Um, partially because there's lots of ways to play them on modern hardware. Um, Beneath the Steel Sky has a legacy iOS port, um, as well as a, a modern sequel. Um, the Broken Sword Director's Cuts came to iOS, um, all the consoles, and importantly, DS, where it felt right at home, if a little bit crunchy with what they had to do to get the, the images a bit more amenable on the DS screen resolution. They are wonderful point and clicks. The other thing uh, that I think makes them really, really accessible and a good sort of stepping point up um, is that in their modern interpretations, they have really healthy hint systems. So um, particularly the one I used a little bit more because it's a bit longer is on Broken Sword. Uh, the hint system gradiates up from very vague sort of nudges towards the right direction to outright telling you what you need to do to solve said puzzle. And I think that's absolutely the right approach. Um, and it makes games that might otherwise have been a little bit obtuse in places very, very playable, um, even by the player of today. Um, hmm. Broken Sword, especially, is a lot of fun. It's like an Indiana Jones kind of escapade across the globe kind of thing. Um, Beneath the Steel Sky is interesting in that it's a little bit different in its approach. It's like a um, a very novel futuristic world with mm. robots and implants and like a post-apocalyptic society that lives beyond the gleaming city walls kind of thing um also features art from dave gibbons who is celebrated and wonderful and his art in this game is excellent um they're quintessential point and clicks and i think if, if someone wants to understand the genre and some of the best that it had to offer. Um, these are really staple games from that time and also very playable even now. And I think that's what makes them worth highlighting on this list. Mm. Um, and if I could, I would love to just take it on straight through to the next group of games, which is our interesting takes on the genre. Um, this is uh, another Telltale game, but a very, very different flavor. Um, and this game is Hector, Badge of Carnage. Um, it's a three-part game. It's originally on iOS and Android. It is now um, on PC where I replayed it, and it's just as much fun there. Um, it's a point-and-click where you play as a dirty, loutish, layabout um, South London copper, but not like the gleaming city of London. We're talking like the seedy outskirts of london hmm. um it's got really crass humor um it plays with a lot of the tropes of the genre 
while actually retaining almost all of the mechanics of them. Um, there's a whole um, three-part section involving sex shops and um, the people who run them. Um, there's puzzles that you literally solve with sex toys. Um, you have a blow-up doll in your inventory Amazing. at one point of the game, and you have to give it to a character uh, to solve one of the puzzles. It's irreverent and laugh-out-loud funny and very engaging throughout. The story is actually quite good even behind all of the gags. It would have been very easy, I think, to lean on those and, and phone in the rest of it, but they really, really don't. All three games have great puzzles, great writing, um, a strong through narrative. And it's one of the games that back in the day when episodic formats were a bit more of a trend, it made good use of them because it it almost siloed certain parts of the content um, used it as an opportunity to to feed characters in and out, and it made it exciting when they came back in. Just like, oh, I remember you from episode one, kind of thing. Um, and they they really hold up. As I say, I played them when they first came out on phones. Um, I recently, fairly recently, replayed them when they got ported to PC, and they're just as good there. They lose nothing from that conversion, and. Um, they are quite cheap, so I would I would encourage people if you if you seek one thing out on this list, you're bound to hear about most of the other stuff because it's relatively higher profile. Go back and find Hector, and and give the game some love, please. Mm. Nice. Um, yeah, and then if I if I tag you in next, Alex, because I I didn't expect to see this on your list just based on how you spoke about it when we when we talked on the podcast proper. I mean, to be fair, yeah. I didn't. I didn't hate this game, but I think it's no, really no, no. I know, game. I know. Yeah, <laughs> um, the one that I, I chose is unpacking because when I think about it, like it's very much, it's very much a point and click, right? Like the whole concept is that you're just clicking on the items and moving them to their right location, um, and it becomes a puzzle in that sense because you also have to sometimes take them from area to area, right? Like they don't necessarily um belong like where they're at you might have to move items to different rooms and i just thought like it, it felt a little bit like a distillation of point and clicks um and instead of because often point and clicks are very heavy-handed in their narrative where it's like very dialogue heavy but this one it's like no i'm going to tell you a narrative through the action of the point and click game um, and through the items that you interact with. And because really when I think about point and clicks, the inventory is always so important. The objects you get are always so interesting and always so um, kind of unique um, and in their combinations. And you do this game and you do that in this game as well. So for me, it's like, it feels like it's very much from the lineage of point and clicks, but taking a whole new approach to it. Because I, I struggled to think of it as solely a puzzle game because I'm like, ah, not really. Like it's got these puzzling elements, but I wouldn't call it like solely that, right? Like it's, it really does have a, a strong narrative core within it. So yeah. Did it resonate fully with me? Not really, but it's super interesting. And the reality is that when someone takes an interesting take on something, it's going to land with some and it's not going to land with others. Right. And that's kind of why I respect when games take an interesting take on these things, because even if it doesn't land with me, I'm like, well, at least you tried something very unique. Um, and that's what I feel like this game uh, this game did and i because i think paulo you played it too right and i know you you're digging it right <laughs> yeah i played it and i loved it uh, yes. but yeah i it does seem like a distillation of a point and click game yeah. right and so that's what i mean right like i knew when i was playing it i was like oh no 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 this is gonna this is pa paula's alley right right like i, I just 
I knew you would love this game because it has the elements that I I feel like you enjoy about games, and so um, that's why it's on my list as an interesting game because it's it's very interesting. Paolo, what about you? What's what's this uh what's this one you picked here? Well, I picked Bramble. Um, this one in particular is interesting in the sense that you have like two versions of the world to like pick items, solve puzzles, and manipulate stuff in. Because the main character, Fran, is a girl that pretty much lives at this kind of like, I want to say psychiatrist hospital, like for kids or, or, or something like that. I don't know the term in English for this kind of thing. So well, sorry if I'm making work out. What? Hospital for kids. Why do I want to say orphanage? No, it is not not an orphanage, but it's more like um what do you call like the kind of place where you have like people that are not quite mentally stable? Asylum? Oh like um that's the one. Yeah, it's kind of like an asylum but for kids. Hmm. And she is given like these pills to take and each time you take a pill, like you see the world in a very different light. Like there's this shadow and these monsters like tagging along the world. And you see like different versions of things. A little bit like in multiverse, but but yeah, it's a little bit like a multiverse in that sense. Cool. And you have to pretty much maneuver like between these two worlds and sometimes you'll need something from the more sadistic world to I don't know, lure a guard out in the in the other world and then you're able like to skip the place or something like that. The game has you originally like like trying to find the girl's cat. And then and and once you find it once you find him it's like kind of like the I guess mid game and then you're able to like um do more than just stay in this place pretty much. And it gets trippy. It gets very trippy. Mm. Um so that's my pick. Mm. I, I guess this is one of the of those games that doesn't really land well with a lot of people, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a lot of people that really like it. I'm in the middle of the road. I I really like the whole concept of switching between the words, but the story didn't like land well with me. Mm. Though the perspective of this, I'm gonna say ten year old, but I'm not sure of the world is crazy. So yeah, mm-hmm. that is my pick. Why don't we roll to our current definitive modern interpretations? Maybe if I start with this one. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, too, um, for the one that you've picked, I was like, I find this kind of funny. I was like, we're going modern uh, definitive interpretations. She's like, yeah, I got an 11-year-old game. Let's do this. <laughs> hmm. But what is modern? As it gets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is not modern. Okay, no. But, um, for this one, I picked Miles Edgeware Investigations 2. The second one in particular, because the first one has like a couple of cases that I'm like, don't really buy well with the rest of the game. Well, this game has no filler whatsoever. And 
this game is was never released outside of Japan. The only reason people can play it is because there's a fun patch over there in Seven Seas that you can enjoy. And this game, like, it is it isn't like traditional um Phoenix Wright is attorney where uh, they're kind of point and clicky, but not really. It's more like hidden object adventure. But in this in this one you have you you move it like in the more traditional way of point and clicking and you have to use I don't remember if this one is in the second game, but you have to use logic to combine pieces of evidence and try to um find a more definitive answer to the problem you're like looking at and there's also this thing called logic chess that in a similar way to to cases in an ace attorney you have to um pretty much use the evidence you have you find right there and then to try to convince the other party of what you're thinking is like the way the things happen Mm. And the way the story unfolds, the way the 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 exploration like merges like pretty well on how Miles do things in a way. I don't know. It's just a fantastic experience, and I totally recommend this one. Um, sorry, for this one, the DSK- Oh, yeah. sorry. This has nothing to do. Okay. I was just looking up investigations because it's the only one that I, the only two that I haven't played of like the um the Ace Attorney series and it's like on my list. But as I typed in investigations into how long to beat, those two are the first that come up. And then you've got these like random detective games, and then there's one that's just called Ghost Tits Paranormal Investigations. Oh my gosh. Wow. Like, what is going on? <laughs> like what is happening? How did that not make our list? I know, right? <laughs> anyway, but sorry, Paula, why don't you do your uh, your segue from one DS game <laughs> to another? Rick, take it away. Or... Leading me, and oh, I'm proud of that one. Um, <laughs> so this pick from me is, excuse me. Ugh, COVID's a bitch. Um, <laughs> this pick is. Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, the first of the Zero Escape trilogy. Um, I hesitated for a moment when I thought about this as a point-and-click. But then when I really thought about it, it's essentially a point-and-click with its constituent parts set apart. So you have these visual novel chunks with a dialogue choice um, or two thrown in, and you have escape room sections in between. But really what that is is the the pointing and clicking split out from the narrative bit. All the components are still there. Um, and this is a game that really takes that narrative in crazy directions. Um, I think I alluded to this briefly when we talked about it in connection to another game in a previous New Game Plus. Um, the puzzles directly influence, in some cases, which ending you get. Um, they are well put together as far as escape room puzzles go. Um, and the story is balls to the wall bonkers. Um, while still sort of being coherent and making sense. Paler is nodding in agreement as I say all of yep. this. I love um, this game. <laughs> game. The game's excellent, and I'm, I'm so glad that it's more accessible to people now because it, it was released um, in a, a double pack enhanced with um, Virtue's Last Reward as the nonary games. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably a better way to play it, although I've only ever played 
um, the DS original, which I was fortunate enough to snag a really cheap copy of um, from like a, we have cash converters in the UK. So it's like a, a pawn shop, but they also like buy and sell some games and electronics and things like that. Um, when the, when the physicals were going for like 70, 80 pounds, I found a copy there for a tenner. Um, but whatever format you get the game in now, it still holds up. It's still excellent. I replayed it um, only a few years ago uh, when I was um, getting ready to, to play the last game of that trilogy. Um, and it, it absolutely holds up. It's still excellent. Um, and it, it's a really good example of sort of the best that genre can be. Yeah, and the Nunnery games that you mentioned, they're on Game Pass now, which is awesome. Are they actually? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, they Even are. Even better. Yeah. yeah I, this... from, from a game that... Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, this game, I absolutely adore this whole series. Like, it's just... And this first one is probably... Maybe the second one my favorite, but the first one, it's just, like, such a compelling story, such interesting puzzles, such interesting mechanics. Like, it's just... It's very well done. And, and as a brief aside, I mean, it was an interesting one which to pick from this series i almost picked virtues last reward instead so um for the uninitiated there are three games in the series there's nine hours nine persons nine doors uh, and there are then two sequels which you can kind of tell were conceived after the first game was wildly successful yeah. um those being virtues last reward and zero time dilemma um and there's an inverse relationship as the games go on the story gets worse but the gameplay gets better yeah so virtues last reward of the three i think is the best game overall Mm-hmm. but as a an example of the visual novel genre i think nine hours nine persons nine doors is is the most applicable one um virtues last reward has some more sort of um movement stuff some extra bits and bobs thrown in um it, it didn't quite feel like the right pick for me um mm-hmm. i think i could probably almost cheat and just say the nonary games is my pick because that's the first and best two of that series. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to editorialize myself. The nonary games is my pick for um, the, the definitive modern interpretation as a double pack. And if you don't like it, tell me why you don't like it in the comments and hit one of the like, or, well, there's no, dis- there is. And at least that's button, a little more modern, right? I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit newer. Yeah. 2017 instead of 2009. So <laughs> you guys need definitive modern. Yeah. <laughs> these ancient well, games i mean at least our definitive <laughs> games are games because there is no game it's true my game there is no game wrong dimension so it's not really a game but it is very modern <laughs> uh, this one for me I, I i think this is the definitive point and click because it is through and through a point and click game um, that yeah. is straight up all you're doing it, it and it also it's it remixes that genre it takes all the different types of point and clicks and it puts you through them um it is a wonderful game absolutely wonderful it's got a great hint system in it um it's challenging but also endearing it's quite funny it's got excellent voice acting um you go through all of these like fun unique environments as you play through the game um you get to really bend and mess with the conception like the concept of a puzzle a point and click because you'll do like, I remember one of the ones that sticks in my head the most is kind of the Sherlock Holmes level, where it's like a traditional, almost, um, you know, LucasArts style point and click, but you're messing with the entire world of it. And you're like, actually have this computer that you can like rotate around and go into and like take that. It's so cool. And um, yeah, I just, 
I really love this game. It's it's very this non-game, but it's very very clever. Um, and I feel like it takes because again, point and clicks. I think the big critique that they have is that often the puzzles are very unintuitive. Um, in the sense that like you'll have some that are really like they make sense and then you'll have others where it's like combine this fish with this boot and you'll get this you know and you're like what the fuck like that's what i was supposed to do um and this game i think alleviates a lot of those issues there's still a few moments where you're like the fuck am i supposed to do but um because of the good hint system you figure it out eventually you know and um so yeah I, i really think for me personally this is what i would consider just kind of definitive modern version where it's like if you're looking for what point and clicks can be and maybe should be nowadays this is it um yeah it's kind of like you know what it feels like for me it feels like the undertale of like point and clicks where like undertale very much was like taking the jrpg genre and like flipping it kind of on its head a little bit and that's kind of what this game feels like to me where it's like if you love point and clicks, you're going to absolutely love this game and you're going to have such a fun time. And if you've never played a point and click adventure, you're also going to still have a really good time. But again, if you know the tropes of the genre, you'll have even more fun here. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, why don't we move along then? And we'll go into our hidden gem or acquired taste. And I, I just want to start because I, I have kind of a, is it a joke? I don't know. We'll see. But I picked yes, 12 minutes answer, for this one. Yeah, because 12 minutes is very much an acquired taste. And I mean that <laughs> some people are going to really like this game. Most of us are like, no thanks. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> oh god i can't help it it's just it's a point and click it's definitely a point and click and it's a pretty fun point and click up until a certain point um and then at that no point yeah at that point the game no longer clicks for me ah. <laughs> i will say and i keep saying this to paula as long as this is on game pass it's worth playing just for the sheer badness of it yes a hundred percent. It is. And there's no like, financial loss. What does that even mean? I think it's, it, it's... it means it's worth your time to experience it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth any of your money beyond money you are already spending for the service. But it's absolutely, absolutely worth taking the time because it's, yeah. it's not long. Like it's two and a half hours at most. And I would say if you want to play it just to see the nut zone, play it with a guide. Yeah. You'll finish it inside an hour, maybe. And I actually think I'm going to add one that's not a joke really quick. Gorogoa, um, which is this kind of point and click. It's like two hours long. It's kind of puzzle game. And like the only way I can describe it is essentially it's a hand-drawn story where you have to arrange these illustrated panels, which like send you into a new world each time. So it's like almost like, Oh God, it's so hard to explain, but like you'll have like this image and then you focus like on a segment of it and then it reveals this whole new element and like you continuously do this as you go through and it's just fucking cool. It's like a fractally sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's super unique and excellent and that's why I would say it's a kind of hidden gem but also acquired to it because it's just a bit different, you know? Like it's not your traditional point and click, but I really think it has a lot of those point and click elements in it. Um, It's a little more like hidden 
uh, hidden objecty kind of game. But again, you're you're creating puzzles. Like you'll, sometimes you'll have like four images, right? Like um, or like you'll have multiple different images, and then things as you do will go interact with each other, and then you'll zoom in on different. It's so cool. So play Gorgoa. It's usually super cheap. Um, in CAD, it's only like thirteen bucks, often on sale. So worth your time. Anyway, when do you want to take it away? I'm going to jump straight in because I want to piggyback off what you said about putting a fish in a shoe and that's the puzzle solution. Um, (laughs) The first of my two picks absolutely does this, but I love it anyway. Sorry. Um, The first of my two picks does this, but I absolutely love it anyway. That pick is the Rusty Lake series. I couldn't pick just one game. So that consists of um, Rusty Lake Hotel, Rusty Lake Roots, Rusty Lake Paradise, um there's a separate kind of connected game called the white room and then they've got loads of little one shot like free things on android and pc called cube escape um they are all point and click distilled they're all puzzles that you are solving the story is very sort of lynchy and very in the background and what you can piece together from different bits and it's absolutely there if you're willing to like commit some time and a few pages of a notebook kind of thing and dig into it and there is a community of people that do that but if you're not first you can follow the broad story and, and enjoy the puzzles some of which are fucking dumb like i remember there's a bit in paradise where um i fed a fly to a dead fish and then that dead fish spat out a diamond oh my god and that yeah. was the puzzle solution um and i i played it with a with a friend who'd watched me play a bit of one of the other ones when the new game came out he was like i want to be with you when you play that game and <laughs> we were both just like what the fuck just happened we were rolling laughing um but they they are genuinely quite good point and clicks which for the most part make sense and have really clever puzzles um clever in a way that is solvable they also put full walkthroughs of their games on their website so if you are ever nice. stuck at any point you can just go and watch the bit that you need and then carry on as you would. So um, I think that's a really cool little accessibility thing that they do as well. Um, I do also want to very briefly shout out um, a Daniel Mullins game called The Hex, uh, released between Pony Island and Inscription. Um, This is centrally a point-and-click game, although there are like a number of little diversionary sections, whether that's like a a platformer or like a cooking game. Um, I don't want to say too much about it for fear of spoiling it. Yeah, this is on my list. I'm excited. <laughs> but it's it's excellent and well worth a play. Um, it is excellent. Just... So, Ooh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, <laughs> throw that last one in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, I it is a relatable thing to say about the Rusty Lake game you were playing and what how your friend was reacting to it because I was playing Samsara Room with my boyfriend and I don't remember what puzzle was it, but something very weird happened and he was like, okay, I think I've had enough for today. The games are absolutely capable of that, yeah. <laughs> it's funny as yep. mm-hmm. Um, That aside, well, I kind of have two games for this. Um. Uh, category but one of them i haven't really played and that would be the legendary series oh yeah because and those are really an acquired taste because of the humor and all the textures but the thing is is in that game you are larry and you and larry kind of wants to get late so he kind of like tries to solve all these puzzles which kind of means that you have to think for other people 
So maybe other people like you, but it never works. No shit, it never works. Uh, that aside, the one that I have played is the Deponia series, Deponia series hmm. especially the first one, which I can't, I can't remember the names of these games. So the first Deponia, you know the one. And same, like it has a very specific humor that doesn't really click hmm. with me. So uh, at the very least, like the uh, I see the puzzles are like very creative and they are like very the the games themselves are very good, but I think it is the humor itself that doesn't really click for me. But I can see other people liking them, and I've seen other people liking them a lot. So that would be my pick. Nice. Nice. Wow! If you've got a point that you would like to make to us. <laughs> the Helm's Beach podcast host, why don't you click on the comment box down below and point that in our direction. And then click you on the like button while you're there. You didn't just do that. I, I did kind of steal Alex's thing and use it to do a, a call to action. I did do that. Yeah. yeah hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Why do you, yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah, that's, that, that is our take on the point and click genre. I mean, I know that for some, this is like a really treasured genre particularly if you kind of grew up when they were big obviously we were past that time right like we've kind of i'd say we were maybe the telltale <laughs> sort of generation tail end maybe yeah you know like we kind of uh, hit at that point like when those games were getting big is kind of when i was doing a lot of my game when i was younger so i kind of missed out on this genre a little bit but there's still some really fun ones out there and I think it's, you know, it's still a really worthwhile genre to explore, but obviously they've kind of melded a little more now with, with the visual novels. But if there are any point and clicks that you're like, hey, yo, you have to play this one. Let us know. We didn't, there's tons we haven't played. I haven't played the Siberia games. Apparently they're interesting. Yeah. I tried I, beating Day of the bit. Tentacle. It was hard. I beat it. <laughs> little bit of future prediction. Um, I expect this genre to become a little bit like... Um, the PS1 era art style uh, to become like an acquired taste in its own right and to be a um, legacy nostalgia thing that some devs leverage going back um, or uses a, a tool to evoke sort of a mood the same way that um, people do with sort of fixed camera angles for um, psychological horror games and stuff like that. Um, you do still see that with some more recent releases. So there is no game, albeit started as a jam, but that plays with those ideas. Um, there's a recent game called Who's Lila, um, which uses those point-and-click mechanics along with a unique mechanic of its own um, to evoke a mood and a, a sense of place and time, but also um, to facilitate some of the things they do that way. I don't think this um, method of gameplay will go anywhere, um, truly, but I think it will live on in different ways. Um, yeah. Let's see yeah, if I'm I cannot... right I kind of wish that there's there's to be like a resurgence of the genre because, um, well, uh, turn-based tactical RPG players are having a feast this this year. So maybe next year or the year after, there will be like some nostalgia for the point and click series, the point and click genre, and we'll get some of that too. 
Yeah. And I think there's been a fair amount of that, right? Because like you had games like Broken Age coming out and um, the King's mm-hmm. Quest games that got kickstarted, like all those games. Like I, I do think there was this wave of it. I just, part of me feels like because the gameplay is a little more dated, the nostalgia I don't think has broken through kind of mainstream wise as much as maybe some other genres have. Um, but where it molds and melds with others is where I think it sees more success. And not that it has to necessarily, right? Like there's nothing wrong with um, creating a game for a very specific audience. Um, It's just that I think we're seeing them becoming a little smaller, right? Like the heyday of the 90s when like you would have these huge point and click games with so much production value put into them is like a little waning now. But that's how that's how this industry goes. It just moves. It just moves. Mm. <laughs> um, cool. Well, let us know your thoughts then. Um, and we'll see you next time for another new game plus where we tackle a new genre. Is there a genre you want us to talk about? Let us know. Let's Bye.